4: This is Sharp Money
5: with Patrick Maher
6: and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Okay, Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network, as we welcome you in Thursday, November 16th. We say hi. Hope you're having a nice week. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. We'll get to... Amal Shaw and Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street, getting ready for F1 there at Bar Canada. And the D just sets you up quickly. Of course, as you know, it's actually a tremendous matchup on Thursday night. Football to kick off week 11. Going to be slop, going to be flags, going to be messy, probably an under 46 and a half with the Ravens now laying three and a half off the four from yesterday slop flags messy unders that's customary for a thursday but a lot of intrigue you got the 5 and 4 Bengals. this is a huge spot we need a prayer boys hooday 40 to 1 for super bowl as far as a free roll for the show this is important you're going to have to get to 10 wins in the afc Five and five doesn't look great for the Bengals, so need a win. The Ravens seven and three. They look to bounce back after a terrible second half against the Browns. Elsewhere on this mid-November, a light night as customarily is on the NBA Wood. Just two games. Brooklyn at Miami so all of you Miami Syca fans can get fired up for a meaningless game in mid-November. Oklahoma City and Golden State. I do have a couple of angles and a couple of props coming up in that one. No Steph for the third straight game and no Draymond because he is Stone Cold Austin or whatever the wrestler is. Heavy ice tonight. Nine games including our beloved San Jose Sharks, all Shaw. They're 213 and 1. They're minus 50 gold differential. It's not great. When you think about the second worst team in gold differential is the Kraken. They're minus 17. I repeat, the Sharks are minus 50. And St. Louis is at San Jose tonight. They're laying $2.05. We'll get to that. You've got. College football tonight, the ACC, if you didn't like Maction, you're not going to like Boston College and Pitt (laughs) in an NFL stadium. I mean, are you kidding me, Pitt? A legit ACC team playing in Heinz Field? Get a real coach, get a real team, or get out. Okay? 40 college basketball games. Fellas, what's up? Hey! As we start the show, Dustin, you raised your eyebrows at my scorn for pit football. Did your dad go there? No. no, he didn't. You tell me repeatedly he went to Miami, another ACC team. Are you frustrated
7: that. about Pat Narduzzi? No. What's up? No, they also Miami plays in an NFL stadium in the ACC. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. A, it's, 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 it's
6: like Wisconsin. They built the college basketball. They built like a 50,000 seater. Listen, college basketball. Here's a little build it on campus. Give me 15 to 20. 20,000 seats and get out of the way. Let's have some intimacy. Let's have some fun. If you're playing a college basketball game or playing a college football game in an NBA or an NFL arena, it's a joke. Amal, you disagree?
5: Not at all. I agree with you. Heinz no atmosphere in there. And by the way, this is going to be a terrible game, as you alluded to tonight. But I like the energy, the enthusiasm you're coming in with today, obviously feeling strong after Derek Lively just absolutely just crushed. and I mean crushed the stat sheet last night in the nation's capital. He had over uh, 15 and a half in that one rebounds and points. He gets to about 25 or 26 in that one. Thank you very much. The C's looked good in Philadelphia last night. so before you start planning the ticker tape parade for the 76ers, calm down. Let's get through this um, Eagle season before they get bounced in the NFC championship game.
6: And that was Embiid did play boys. I yep. watched that game. The Celtics pulled ahead late, actually two very good basketball teams, but I think we should start here. Speech speech. Who wants to give the Blake Snell acceptance speech <laughs> as my partners here, cash, big Cy Young in the AL goes to Garrett Cole and his wife. <laughs> For whatever reason, (laughs) everywhere Garrett goes, he's always hanging with Shorty. And wherever Shorty goes, Garrett's always hanging around as well, like on a leash. Anyway, look it up, kids. Uh, In the NL, Blake Snell wins his second side, and the boys cashed a futures ticket, both Amal and Dustin Swedelson. Who's going to give the speech?
7: Uh, I want to just say one thing real quick before we get into our acceptance speech. It was perhaps... The wildest roller coaster ride of any bet I've ever placed in my life. When you decide to back uh, Blake Snell to win the Cy Young Award in the middle of the summer at a big price where he's red hot and you jump in and then every time you turn on a Padres game, it's the fourth or fifth inning. He's got two on, who he walked, by the way, walked both of them on, two out. They're in, run, they're in scoring position, and it potentially could end up being, uh, have him hurt in uh, getting the decision. Every game with Blake Snell, every single start after we bet him, you turn the game on. He was battling out of trouble, and somehow it comes all the way home. D- Dustin's
5: absolutely right, Patrick. We don't have any room to complain about any bad beats because if you look at Blake Snell, the amount of traffic that he allowed on the bases in innings one through five. And by the way, I don't know if it's in his contract, but he was never allowed to go more than six innings in any game. It worked out really. It, it was it awesome. Did. It did. We were <laughs> very fortunate in that sense in terms of him getting there. But, yeah, look, 35-1. to 1, uh, We just happened to catch lightning in a bottle. He caught fire. Hopefully we can find some other plays like that. And, you know, right now I was looking at the futures market. Bo Nix is still leaving money, folks. I'll tell you right now, 29 touchdowns, two INTs, 77.7 completion percentage. He's still got a chance to catch Mac Jones for the uh, NCAA record at around 78%. So I I think he's a guy, it's not a big
7: number, but I think it's a pretty safe bet. All right, so I have a question for you guys. I have a Jaden Daniels 12-1 to ticket. Why don't I just bet Bo Nix and then I'm probably going to have two of the three there at the ceremony? I would agree with you. Why don't you? Because I'm going to do it right now. (laughs)
6: <laughs> okay, an opportunity for the big guy. And speaking of Jaden Daniels, we're going to have Herm Edwards, yeah. Who is, I mean, when I think of Herm Edwards and I think of sports betting, you move to the side, Billy Walters. I can't wait to hear his breakdown. That's for you, Dustin Sweetles. Dustin Sweetleson legitimately told me he's a big Herm Edwards guy <laughs> earlier today. Who is a big Herm Edwards guy? I mean, I'm excited to talk to the coach, and he did recruit Jaden Daniels, but who wakes up and is just like, you know who gets
7: me going? Herm Edwards. I like, w- What does do we- that even mean? I would buy an audiobook of <laughs> like, Herm what Edwards. What are you talking about? Doing a motivational like I, You speech. would. You I would. You're genuinely would. motivated by her. I freaking love him. I loved him when he was on Hard Knocks, when he coached Brody Croyle in the Kansas City Chiefs. Bobby C CFL, Arena League star, became a, a, a star of that show. Look it up. He was awesome. He's genuine. He's real. And also, by the way, he had Antonio Pierce, who worked on his staff at Arizona State. Can ask him about him getting the job in just, Yeah, 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 whatever.
6: I just love when he pretended like he cracked the Da Vinci code when he goes hello you play to win and he looked around like paused for like 20 seconds like everybody's just like Oh,
7: Herm's on to something here. Uh, The reason you play games is to win the games. Da Vinci Code. And because he said it, Brian Daybold didn't have to say it at his press conference yesterday when reporters asked him about tanking. He basically said the same thing in less words and a less interesting way. I'll say this.
5: I I think Herm
7: has some enthusiasm that a lot of these
5: NFL doormats that they call head coaches don't have.
6: No, for sure. No, I'm excited. I, I'm fired up to talk to him. <laughs> he uh, and and Dustin brings up a good point. It's we're going I can't wait to talk gambling with him. We're gonna. Dustin brings up a great point, the Antonio Pierce angle, because I believe he gave Pierce his first shot as a head coach. Excuse me, as a coach there yeah. at Arizona State. Kevin so. Mawai
5: and uh, Lewis Marvin Lewis were also on that staff.
6: Looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if it was a fail. It ended up being a failed experiment, but Herm at the beginning at Arizona State looked like kind of the outside the box thinking might pop a little bit. Anyway, uh, Josh Applebaum will join as well. And back to your Jaden Daniels comment. That's who uh, recruited Jaden Daniels, Herm Edwards. So we can ask Herm... About a guy that's having a historic year, as far as the numbers, that being Herm Edwards. So, excuse me, Jaden Daniels. Nigel Burton is going to join, pec 12 Network Analyst. He's been on the show before, does a great job. And then straight from the DraftKings trading room floor, Brennan White, who is a welcomed addition to the show, will join. Boys, it comes down to tonight for us. I, I don't know if you call it them all, a must win for our 40-1 to 1 ticket. Where are you guys on that? Because, again, the AFC is so muddled right now. I keep on repeating, you're going to get to 10 wins. I think somebody's potentially could have 10 wins and be on the outside looking in. As far as the postseason, we were sitting four with the Ravens yesterday. We're down to three and a half. Here's what I will say. If you're, I know the big guy's got a bunch of props tonight, which we'll get to. I've got a couple as well. Uh, I know somebody, a pro that texted me, he's betting a ton of Burrow unders, because in case you missed it last night getting off the team bus, did you guys see Burrow? had a brace on his throwing hand. So I don't know what that means, but that picture is floating out there, which isn't great for us.
5: Well, a couple things. First of all, it seemed like there was something that was plaguing him on Sunday. Because if you look back at the previous two games and the performances he had, he looked like the old Joe Burrow. In the game against the Houston Texans, he just did not look like the guy pre-injury with that calf injury. Now you mentioned the hand situation. I would agree with you. It's a near must-win situation. I hate to say must-win, because then what happens if you lose? Is everything else irrelevant? So that's the only reason I pause on that terminology. But I agree with you. I think if they lose this game, Patrick, I think we're in serious trouble. The division is gone for Cincinnati because now Baltimore holds two victories over you head-to-head. So you're not going to get the tiebreaker. And then you're 5-5 five and five in a very muddled and very uh, just convoluted AFC right now. I think this is an important game. Guys, two weeks ago. They look like the best team in the National Football League. They went into Santa Clara, and they look like, okay, they're getting ready to come to Allegiant Stadium. Now they look like they may not be one of the 14 teams making the playoffs.
6: Big guy a lose a loss tonight for our
7: Bengals. Are we done, though? Where are we at? I actually don't think so. you got to remember, they're going to close the season with the Browns at the end of the year with DTR at quarterback or P.J. Walker. That's a win. They're going to see Kenny Pickett again. Come on that's a win that's two right there they also have the colts they also have jacksonville and minnesota with who knows who will be a quarterback at that point i i still think we can get to 10 wins i think we're at worst nine we can sneak into the playoffs and this team in the playoffs is a different type of beast nine's not getting you in
6: no no chance there is no chance nine wins gets in the afc nine will get you in in the nfc correct It's not going to get you in in the. I see five. I I see five more wins. I see
7: five more wins.
6: That's what we need. Then that's that's all I need. That's exactly what we need. Split with
7: Pittsburgh, Indy, Minnesota, Cleveland,
6: and Jacksonville. They'll beat Jacksonville. Now now the question is, we going to get a win tonight? Let's come back and discuss two teams, the Bengals and Ravens, with Super Bowl aspirations on a Thursday night. Interesting.
0: We come back and discuss sharp money.
1: iHeart.
6: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw
4: on VCN, the sports betting network.
6: Okay, bet five dollars, get one hundred and fifty dollars. You can do it tonight. Thursday night football, of course, with the Bengals and Ravens. Get one hundred and fifty dollars when you bet five and bonus bets instantly. For new customers, when you use the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, and download the DraftKings app. Also, all bettors get a no sweat, same game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We mentioned a great matchup tonight. You've got the Bengals at the Ravens, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and to discuss that and more, we welcome in Herm Edwards, of course, ESPN NFL analyst, at Herm Edwards on Twitter, 10-year career as an NFL cornerback, coach of the Jets, coach of the Chiefs, coach of Arizona State, and he joins us. Thank you, coach, for joining. It's a great matchup on Thursday night, huh? The Bengals need a win. Of course, it looks like it's gonna take ten wins yeah. to get into the postseason in the yeah. AFC. Talk about this Bengals Ravens matchup.
9: Yeah, it, 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 it's a real important matchup for both teams. They're both coming off losses, tough losses as well. Um and maybe this, the head scratcher was was Cincinnati's loss, but we'll we'll get into that later. Um but both these teams find themselves now, as you mentioned, uh, it's going to take at least ten to probably win this division for sure. Um, it seems to be like they're going to, you know, they're they're, they're going to knock each other off because it's so competitive. I think Cleveland is hurt a little bit now in this AFC North. Deshaun Watson played well, and now all of a sudden he's done for the year, so that's going to that's going to that's going to hurt them a little bit. But you're right; it's a good matchup. Um, Uh, By both teams, uh, you know, it starts with the quarterbacks, obviously, Joe Burrow and then Lamar Jackson. So this will be an interesting game, a division game, very important for both parties.
5: Coach, you mentioned uh, the Browns. Dorian Thompson Robinson, you're familiar with him. He played at UCLA. You were at Arizona State. How impactful can he be? He really had a tough game his first start against the Ravens earlier this year. Now he's got a chance against a pretty good defense in Pittsburgh. How effective can he be as a starter for Cleveland this weekend?
9: Well, I think he's played, so that always helps. Um, but, but he's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they give you a lot of different looks uh, with their defense. They, they, are hard, they are hard to play against, boy, especially young quarterbacks. You know, And, and I think th- th- their staff will know that. Um, they're going to have to make sure that, that he gets some good looks. Uh, and the key is to don't turn the ball over, obviously. We say that every week. But the more you look at the National Football League, the teams that turn it over numerous times, uh, end up losing football games. It's more evident now than ever.
5: Coach, uh, we were talking about this before you came on about Mike Tomlin. Can you explain to us how this guy drags Ooh. a bag of dirt on the field every Sunday and comes out with a W?
9: Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great, uh, a great coaching job this year for when you look at the numbers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're not good. <laughs> the only number that counts – we see it every week is the one in the wind column because if you look at the rest of that stuff offensively, even defensively, now they're getting better. You know, they started out so bad they're trying to catch up with the numbers as far as where they're ranked and, and things like that. But Mike's done an excellent job of making these guys. You know, this is this is the Steeler way. <laughs> it's not pretty, um, and I know this. You don't want to play them in Pittsburgh. You just don't. It, it's just a tough place to play, especially now uh, with the weather, with the wind. Um, you know, this is a graveyard for many teams that go in there, aspirations of thinking you're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers.
6: Coach Herm Edwards joining us here. Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network. Coach, you've had opportunities to instill your culture in year one with the Jets, with the Chiefs, with Arizona State. Tell us how D'Amico Ryans is doing it with the Houston Texans, because sure. from a betting perspective, we certainly did not have this team five <laughs> and four through nine weeks. I can tell you that, Coach.
9: Well, I don't think anybody did uh, when you think about Houston. I thought, we, you know, in the AFC South, this was a division that um, Jacksonville was going to run away with, right, in the fact that uh, they have a really good quarterback, a veteran football coach, and basically all the other three teams. Now uh, Richardson gets hurt, and then is playing now, when you think about it, they were playing three rookie quarterbacks. And so you look at that and you go, well, okay, they're all going to be rebuilding. Not so fast. E.J. Stroud has made this division become very interesting. And I said it last week when I was on. I think in the next four weeks, Houston might be leading this division. And D'Amico Ryan's has done an excellent job. You can't say enough about the quarterback play of C.J. Stroud, what he's been able to accomplish thus far as a rookie. The numbers are, are head-scratching. He's, what, 62%, 14, 15 touchdowns. Um, uh, and only two interceptions. I mean, it's just it's just remarkable that a young guy like that is playing so well. Uh, and it's just fun to watch it because every week you think, well, the shoes gonna fall off. No, not so fast. It's not falling off. This is who they are, and they're going to challenge the, uh, the Jaguars uh, to to win this division.
5: They got the Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos all at home, and then they're at the uh, Jets and Titans. So interesting, great point there, Coach. Coach, you coached in New York. Right now, this Jets offense is absolutely anemic. The play of Zach Wilson can't be disguised. It's been terrible. How, if you're coaching a team like that, do you not have an internal mutiny between the defense, who's elite, against an inept offense?
9: Well, it all has to do with the head coach. And um, he's made these guys well aware that, look, there's a certain way we're going to have to play offensive, to stay in games, and um you guys are going to have to lead the charge defensively. And you're right. They have a big-time defense. It is, it is fun to watch. Um, but they're struggling scoring points. I mean, it's amazing that when you look at them right now, they're four and five. Uh, you look at all the numbers. Defensively, they're sixth-ranked, uh, third against the pass, only giving up 19 points. Problem is they can't score any points. Uh, they're not good in a lot of different areas. Uh, offensively, but defensively, that's where they hang in there. And I just think this is taking pride in playing the way they play. And if they can keep the game, you know, close, don't let it get out to a two score game. They're going to be in every game. They they, they are because we did this when we were Tampa early, when I was down there with Tony, you know, we called it bug ball. It wasn't pretty. Now it was ugly. Just found a way to scrap it around. And you look up at the fourth quarter, we're down by seven or down by three. And we're going, Hey, we got a shot to win this thing. So, If they can keep it close within a score, they're always going to have a chance. But you made the point, when it gets out more than that, they're going to have issues.
6: Coach, the Detroit Lions, I'm a long-suffering fan. Is this a playoff team that could potentially pick up their first playoff win since 91, Coach? Or is this a legit contender? You tell me. I think they're a playoff team. I do.
9: Um, I love the quarterback. I love the way uh, Jared Goff is playing right now. Um, the, you know, the, they're an old-school offense. Uh, their passing is, tack, is, is set up by the play-action pass. They want to run the football. They're a tough team. Their defense has improved dramatically from last year. You know, when you look at the numbers, they're second in the National Football League on offense. They're fourth running it, fourth passing it. You know, they have some issues, uh, obviously, you know, in the pass defensive side of it. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, these guys are what scoring 26 points. That, that's a good number to live with. Uh, Jared Goff, 14 touchdowns, you know, five interceptions. They, they've, got, they've got a good running attack with Montgomery. Gibbs, uh, St. Brown is playing well. They've got a really big-time tight end. Um, they're not turning the ball over a lot, which is good. They're plus one. You know, this is a division, basically, when you look at them, uh, you look at Detroit. Minnesota's got some life all of a sudden. They found this guy, uh, Josh cashmere Uh He was kind of standing around, and all of a sudden he's compelled this team. <laughs> and they're starting to win close games again. You know, Minnesota won, what, 11 games last year by one point. But I think Detroit will win this division. Minnesota will give a charge at them. And then from there, you know, Detroit, I mean, they have a game that, that can go on the road. They, they showed that when they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. So um, you don't want to play the Detroit Lions. You, you really don't.
5: They're a hard out. Coach, we got about 45 seconds remaining. Can Josh Dobbs sustain this? I mean, it's just been impressive what he's been able to do just coming in from Arizona.
9: You know what? I hope so. I do. You pull for guys like this that's been a lot of places, um, never kind of found his way. Look, the quarterback they have right now, Jared Goff, just think about him. They thought this was the resting place for Jared Goff. They thought his career would end in, in, in Detroit, um, You know, they'd be a 500-football team. That's not the case. So I'm hoping Josh Jobs can catch lightning in a bottle and continue to play the way he's been playing.
6: That's Coach Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. Does a great job. You can find Coach on Twitter, at Herm Edwards. Coach, thank you for your time. Enjoy the football this weekend. We appreciate it. My pleasure. You too, and go Lions, huh? Yay, <laughs> hey, go Lions! That's my guy. that's go. my guy, Coach Edwards. I was gonna see. That's uh, I like that little shout out at the end, A little Honolulu blue and silver love from Coach Edwards. I was going to low key ask him for to send you an autograph in the mail, big guy, but. I didn't want to embarrass you.
7: Oh, I would take that autograph. It would go
5: right on my wall behind me. Listen, I love his enthusiasm because he played for my favorite coach in the history of sports. That's Dick Vermeil. I love Vermeil, And so he's got that energy, that passion, just like Coach Vermeil did. So brought it today. The only thing missing from when I talked about you guys cashing those uh,
6: Cy Young tickets with Blake Snell, if Vermeil was here, he would have cried during it. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Don't be picking on my guy. He would have just been <laughs> sobbing with joy. Josh Applebaum is next.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VCN,
1: the sports betting network.
6: Okay, check out the betting splits. Money and bets for every game, updated every five minutes, straight from DraftKings, today's games and future events as well. The betting splits are most popular tool. Go to vsin.com to check them out. We got you back here. I'm all Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson, this is Sharp Money, VSIN the Sports Betting Network. We're gonna talk to Nigel Burton, who does a great job at the Pac-12 network as an analyst, Coach and Burton on Twitter, of course, a Washington safety back in the day. We welcome in Nigel and why don't we start there coach with Washington the number right now at Oregon State is Oregon State Lane 2 Washington has been dancing on that razor's edge Oregon Arizona State Stanford USC Utah Nigel close wins but they keep winning undefeated
4: Uh yeah that's uh that's how seasons go I mean I'm trying to think of the last team in a competitive conference, in a good conference. Not like, well, let's be honest, most of the conferences out there where you have two powerhouses or one, and then everybody else can't put together a sentence or get a first down. Uh, you know, that's what happens in the Pac-12. I mean, you go to the even the, the dominant USC teams of Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, uh, I mean, they had some blowouts, but they have plenty of close calls as well. Uh, matter of fact, I was part of the coaching staff at Oregon State when Reggie Bush, I think, was a sophomore, and they beat us in a fog bowl. We could barely see. It. They beat us by, by a touchdown in Corvallis. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of just how it goes. When you have a special season, there's usually these kind of moments where, uh, you know, uh, your, your grit gets tested, and, and these guys have been tested and found ways to, to pass.
5: Nigel, you played at UW. Tell people how difficult it is in that four teams up there in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, uh, Washington State, uh, Oregon State, and Oregon, how tough it is to go on the road in each individual arena and to be able to get a win. We see the Huskies are a road dog now, top five team in the country, undefeated with a Heisman candidate, and they are a two-point underdog against Oregon State and Jonathan uh, Smith, who have done a tremendous job losing only two games by six points.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, it's a different animal, you know. I, I hear, you know, and I've been a part of all kinds of rivalries, right? When, you know, obviously as a player and then as a coach, you know, I was part of UNLV, you, you know, uh, University of Nevada. Uh, you know, I've I've been to the Territorial Cup, at Arizona State. I grew up in Northern California with, you know, Stanford, Cal, UCLA, USC. There is nothing. The only thing I can think of that comes close to those four schools going at each other's throats, maybe. The DYU-Utah series, and that's got, like, religion involved. That's a whole other ball of wax there. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, uh, Michigan-Ohio State, maybe Auburn-Alabama, and I'm saying maybe. I mean, there is a full-blown blood feud between these two bordering states and the four schools. And, uh, you know, what's happened with the Pac-12 has not helped as two schools are leaving and two schools are remaining. Um, and so uh, it's, it is, it's it's extremely tough, and the schools know you better than anybody else. A lot of the kids, you know, played against each other, whether, you know, grew up with each other, things like that, and so families are split, and so whether you're talking Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon, Washington, uh, Washington, Washington State, or this weekend, Washington, uh, Oregon State, um, it is, it is a, a personal deal, and, you know, more importantly, I think as... Uh, as a lot of this stuff is, you know, I, I think the reason that Washington's probably a road dog is because the things that are the Achilles heels of the Huskies are the things that Oregon State does really, really well, right? I mean, uh, there have been times when Washington has struggled to stop the run game, and that's uh, what uh, the Beavers do really well, Damian Martinez and, 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 and Sean Fenwick, um, you know, and, and – you know, they, on the outside, they have a great play-action pass game, and uh, D.J. Uyongalale, uh, who can get the ball out to a bunch of – I mean, they got a four-by-one track team out there in terms of uh, their, their wide receivers. And then, you know, you look at defensively, you know, they've been really solid. There have been two hiccups on the road uh, when you look at the Beavers at, at Washington State and, and at Arizona. Outside of that, they've been pretty dominant defensively. And being that they're playing at home, uh, I get it. I understand why uh, watching would be the, the road dogs.
6: Coach Nigel Burton joining us, Pac-12 network analyst, talking about the Pac-12 and the strength of the Pac-12 coach. And don't sleep on Arizona State now. Look, Oregon coming off, you know, that's a lot of emotion against USC. They travel to Arizona State. All of a sudden, this is an Arizona State team. You can't look past it. It may surprise you that Oregon's laying 23-and-a-half on the road, but give me your thoughts on this Oregon-Arizona State matchup.
4: Uh, if they beat Arizona State by 23-and-a-half, then Dan Lanning has figured out what no coach of any Northwest program has figured out in the last 20 to 30 years. I mean, <laughs> whatever reason, those four schools, I'm not even kidding. All right, you giggle. Look at the, look at the, the, the bodies. All right, they go under the desert, Whenever those four Northwest schools, and what happens, right? I mean, you look at just this year, Oregon State goes down to Arizona, loses. Washington goes down to Arizona, almost loses. You've got uh, what happened, uh, you know, obviously Arizona went to Washington State and took them behind the, the woodshed. You've got Oregon go back a few years, Justin Herbert, another team that looks like they have a CFP aspirations. They go to Arizona State team, should be outgunned, and they come away with a loss. Uh, when I was at Oregon State coaching, Oregon State had not won at Arizona State for 19 years when, when I was there. and I think they've only won like twice in the last like 25 years.
5: a great point you bring up there coach in 2015 Oregon goes down their scores 61 points they only win by 6 points so this is a series that's always been explosive and competitive down in the desert there's speculation right now coach that uh, Chip Kelly is going to be out at UCLA they've got a reasonable buyout considering the amount of pay, uh, buyouts we see in today's college football market who is somebody in your estimation that could be a potential uh, head coach for the Bruins who have not been quite as good as you would have expected with uh, Rick Newhazo, Jim Moore Jr. and now Chip Kelly left. Last couple of uh, 10 to 15 years?
4: You know, honestly, man, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I think UCLA, and roll through those names again Rick Neuheisel, yep. right? Who, uh, you know, took Washington to a Rose Bowl, Chip Kelly, who uh, created, who really took Oregon from a well respected national program to a powerhouse and went to the NFL and got fired after winning 20 games, which is insanity to me, uh, and and things, and then goes to UCLA. And then Jim Moore, Jr., who, you know, has had his moments and and I think he's even had some moments of success even at UConn. I think UCLA has got a UCLA problem that they have to fix way before they have a uh, a, a football uh, coach issue. Um, They've got some things that they need to address because – you know, UCLA hasn't been the UCLA that I grew up with, that I loved, uh, that was playing for not just Rose Bowls, but national championships with, you know, Terry Donahue and even Bob Salito. They haven't been that for 25 years. I don't think you can lay that at the feet of the head football coach and say this is all your fault. When you've tried three different times with guys who have been successful at, at other places and it hasn't come through the way that you thought it would. So, um, you know, I think that Chip's a great football coach. Uh, I've coached against him, and he is a nightmare to prepare for. Um, and I think you look at this team, I mean, they've been beat up. They've had to cycle through multiple quarterbacks because of injury and things like that. And if you've got a team that can win consistently with their third string quarterback, um, then, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the head coach's name is probably Kyle Whittingham. And outside of that, I don't know who he is. Um, and so. Uh, I I hope that they they decide to keep them, and if they decide to go in a different direction, uh, again, I I, I just go, then who? Because you've you've tried so many guys. I think you might want to start looking at some other things within the program that are holding some guys that are really good ball coaches back.
5: Patrick, great answer. I was just getting ready to say, UCLA has not been to the Rose Bowl since 98 with that Cade McNown team that lost to Miami down in the OB. It's been a quarter century for the Bruins.
6: Yeah,
4: I played against the team. A- and, I mean, yeah, it's – you know, and when you look at – you know, look, as a, as a head football coach, I've been there. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of things you don't find out until you're there. You know, and I, I remember – and I'll tell you guys something I've never told anybody I don't think on air, all right? When I was a head football coach at Division one school, um, we had a really good season. And then all of a sudden, some of the things that we were using to build the program – Magically started disappearing, and then I started hearing rumors about we were changing academics. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And I finally, I have a conversation with, with somebody high up within the university who says, "Listen, there are people on this campus actively, uh, actively do not want to see football be successful. That's what you're dealing with. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case at UCLA. But what I am saying is that there are a lot of things." that even the football coaches themselves do not know until they're knee-deep in the program that then all of a sudden you realize, this is why.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
8: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
8: Hey, where are you? Coming!
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...
8: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it
0: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
8: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep (sighs) expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.
5: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and
6: Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. v the Sports Betting Network, of course, a great partnership with DraftKings. And with that, a huge addition to our program is Brennan White, straight from the DraftKings trading floor. He is the U.S. team lead over there, and he joins us in his customary Thursday spot. Hi, Brennan. How are you?
10: Hey, guys. How's it going? You know, I heard you talking about... James Polk. And I've got a fun fact, which is he wasn't even a nominee at the Democratic convention that year. He was the compromise candidate. So in some way, he's the ultimate dark horse.
5: <laughs> By the way, Dustin, do you give people a presidential test before they're allowed on this program? Yes. Because that was impressive. There, that, that, that's as good as anything <laughs> we've had.
6: <laughs> that is tremendous, Brennan. Thank you for that. Just adding adding to the presidential vibes of today's program. Of course, Brennan White. Okay. Can you give us an idea? Take us behind the book. Um, it's a busy time of the year. I don't know if you're going to see your family next week for Thanksgiving, but sports betting doesn't stop. So give us an idea of what the next week looks like for you on the trading floor there at DraftKings.
10: Uh, it's absolute insanity. Um, <laughs> we're, we're getting to the point of the year where we've got every sport all the time, all day long. We've got feast week in college basketball. We've got three Thanksgiving NFL games, We've still got college football, NBA, NHL. Uh, it's, it's nuts. Um, but, you know, the guys that that are here, they love it, right? Because this is what being a sports fan is about. You get to follow all these things. There's stuff happening all the time. And it's challenging. And, you know, guys, guys don't get to take holidays off and go see their families, but it's really cool to, to be amongst a group of guys who, who really are passionate about everything that we're doing here. And, and we get through it, and it's really fun.
5: But By the way, Patrick, I want to just add something to it. He talked about working in sports, which I love that point. As a guy that covered teams, I'm going to tell you, if you want to work in sports, do something that Brennan's doing or do something that we're doing. Because I'm going to tell you, covering a team you think is great, you miss everything else that's going on. You get stuck with that one team. It could be a 40-point game. Here, we're sitting there. Brennan's talking about it right now. I'm watching the Wings in Ottawa in overtime in Stockholm. I'm watching the tournament in Charleston right now. Dayton's playing right now against LSU near the halftime. Brennan, there was a great game that finished today between North Texas and St. John's. It's unbelievable.
10: Yeah, that was that was a great game in North Texas coming back um, really low scoring yeah. kind of some poor offense. But it, it's crazy when you can, you know, wake up and there's sports on all day long and you go to bed and you're just trying to get a sense of what happened that day and how can we prepare for tomorrow?
6: Yeah, it's I've been doing this my whole entire adult life. When people ask me what I'm doing for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I just kind of laugh because <laughs> this is what we're doing. Yeah. And we're and you know what? We're, we're lucky to do it. Uh we're lucky about thursday night too brennan let's get into this I'm, I'm curious about the handle over there at DraftKings because i'm guessing with this matchup with the Bengals and ravens it's off the hook there right
10: yeah a huge game for us um it's a, you know it's an interesting matchup right both of these teams have of course playoff aspirations the ravens have aspirations to win the afc and, and get that bye in the number one seed and i think you know, based on their recent performance, particularly last week, this is kind of a bounce back spot for both of them. It's, it's for us a game where we're seeing an interesting uh, spread of bets. Normally, for primetime games, people like to bet the underdog money line or the favorite spread because if they think the underdog is going to cover, they also think they're going to win and they get the, the boosted odds. And if they think the favorite's going to win, they think they're going to cover and they don't want to pay the big on the money line. But we're actually seeing the opposite for this game. So Ravens money line and Bengals' spread are where our liabilities lie I'm not really sure why that is uh, perhaps it's you know we're at we're, we're past the key number of three three and a half and four um, and then the under the under is really popular as well perhaps that's the prime time angle but typically we see a lot of over money especially with two kind of high profile offenses and we're just not seeing
6: that this week.
5: Brennan, I want to go to the Monday night game. Should be a great one. Super Bowl rematch. Both teams off of a bye. The numbers kind of fluctuating back and forth between two and a half and three. First of all, tell us where you have that one sitting at. And then I would be shocked if a ton of money is not kind of flowing towards the Kansas City Chiefs because we know the value of a three in an NFL game. I mean, when's the last time outside of the Super Bowl you see the Chiefs, especially at a home spot, less than a field goal?
10: Yeah, this this is going to be an excellent game. We opened at two and a half. We took money on the two and a half. We went to three, and then we took money on the three. So we're at a point now where we're at minus two and a half, minus 20. I think we'll probably stay in that range. We're still going to take Chiefs money there, but we're kind of comfortable with that. The interesting thing about this game is there's so many narratives and high-profile players. And with same-game parlays being a huge part of the industry now, whether or not we do well in this game is going to come down entirely to how the star players perform. Mahomes, Hurts. Uh, A.J. Brown, you know, Travis Kelsey, guys that people want to bet their overs. If they hit, it doesn't really matter who wins or what the total comes in at. We're going to have a bad day.
6: Uh, you may have answered this. Brennan White joining us, U.S. team lead there, DraftKings, uh, talking, of course, oh, a lot of football as you've got Thanksgiving football coming up. It, it, who will you need tonight? I, you may have said it, but I'm just curious. Are, are they laying it because – Last night we were sitting here DraftKings or yesterday we were sitting here DraftKings was four. It has been bet down to three and a half with the Ravens. So just curious, are they laying it there?
10: Yeah, so we opened this three and a half and, and went up to four, kind of similar to the Monday night game. And and we're taking money on the Ravens money line, kind of regardless of what that spread is. Gotcha. But we've seen more we've seen more action on on the Bengals um to cover at four. So we've we've gone back to three and a half.
5: Gotcha. Okay. Brendan, I want to go to the college ranks a little bit. I like these two team matchups you're kind of uh, pointing towards. Georgia's on the road at Rocky Top, taking on Tennessee, laying about 10, 10 and a half, depending on where you get the number. And then again, we just talked about before you came on, Washington in Corvallis against Oregon State. Kind of give us your perspective on both of these matchups as both teams are in tough road spots.
10: Yeah, so we'll start with the Bulldogs, who, when you think about it, really have only played one good team on the road. That Florida game was neutral and Vanderbilt's you know, not very good. So that game against Auburn, they needed a late Bowers touchdown to win. Of course, they don't have Bowers anymore. Uh, they haven't really been tested. Now, Tennessee's kind of been up and down this year, but they did play Bama close on the road for three quarters. I think 10 and a half might be too big of a spread. Milton can have a good enough game for Tennessee for them to cover, if not sort of threaten to win late. And then, of course, Washington, Oregon State, I think this is all about panics. Um Oregon State is Two three-point losses away from being undefeated themselves, but they're not a very public team. You know, oftentimes their games are very late; fans don't get a chance to watch them. They don't have a big sort of national following, but they are a very good team. The thing is, though, they've played two high-profile passing offenses. They obviously were able to hold Sanders and, and Colorado in check, but Cam Ward threw for four hundred touchdowns or four hundred yards and four touchdowns against them. And if Penix can do that, I think Washington can escape.
6: We were joking, Brennan, that our assumption is because oftentimes the public's going to take a look at a matchup like Washington Oregon State, see the undefeated record next to Washington and just bet them catching. We were wondering, is it like, is it very heavy public money on Washington and maybe some sharp money on Oregon State? Or how's it split there at DraftKings?
10: Yeah, you're spot on. Very heavy public action on Washington. I don't know. We'd have to make them a favorite for people to even look at Oregon State on the money line. But liability-wise, we're fairly balanced. We've taken some very large um, wagers from sharper customers, and a lot of the sharps are are on the Oregon State getting less than a field goal or laying less than a field goal.
5: Brendan, real quick, when you look at a matchup like this, do you think it's the fact that nobody really gives the Beavers credit because they're a smaller school when you think about from a popularity standpoint? And that's a team with two losses by a field goal each. This is a very, very good football team. Yeah, I
10: do think that's a big part of it. You know, it's interesting. I was a little surprised that they're ranked number 10. I think, you know, playing the sort of weaker schedule that they've had and having close losses, but, you know, also – kind of escaping against Cal um, and not looking all that great against Colorado. I, I think maybe they're a little overranked, but at the same time, from a public perception perspective, they're, they're definitely underrated. I think people just aren't familiar with how good this team is this year. And, you know, historically they haven't been an excellent program.
6: Now, oddly, a Columbus Blue Jacket fan, okay, Brennan, <laughs> but grew up, I believe, Minnesota. Um, That's right. I can't remember. I can't remember if you're a Vikings fan. Are you into the Vikings? I'm a Panthers fan, but I That's follow the right. Vikings That's right. pretty closely. Okay, so let me ask you about the, the the Vikings. Like we were just having a little fun with this. If the special teams coordinator there with Buffalo can count to eleven, Denver loses. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what the number would be. I'm, maybe they're still a, a point point and a half favorite, but they're a two and a half point favorite. The Vikings are on a heater right now. Give me your thoughts on this game.
10: Yeah, this is a really interesting game, right? Because you think about the Viking season so far, and last year, obviously, they've won every single um, one-score game. And, and this year, you, if I told you Jefferson's hurt, Cousins is hurt, Madison has a concussion, but they're minus 200 to make the playoffs because they went and traded for Josh Dobbs, you would think I was insane. Um, but it's how they run that franchise, right? They're really just trying to – Stay in it until the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Try to make the playoffs. I don't think they have Super Bowl aspirations, but they're they're decent enough that they can win all these games. I think when you look at kind of them traveling to Denver, it'll be uh, a really tough test for that offense, especially without Jefferson. Um, Dobbs still hasn't had that many weeks to get accustomed to the offense, and Denver's defense is finally fully healthy. We saw what they did against Buffalo. They forced josh allen to turn the ball over it seemed like every time they had the ball if Dobbs can sort of manage the game plan um and and keep the ball with the vikings i think they have a chance to win but denver's really surging i like that their offense is fully healthy i think ultimately uh they probably come out ahead and the public and the sharps agree with that uh, we have liability from both on on denver both on the spread and-
6: Okay, Brennan White, DraftKings U.S. trading team lead. Listen, it's going to be a busy holiday season. Thank you to all the work you and your team do over there at DraftKings. And be good. And by the way, as you know, Polk was a protege of Andrew Jackson. So a lot of that it issue, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, Brennan, thank you. At white 14 on Twitter. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you, guys. A, a lot of trivia with the presidents today. We're back. Dog pound.